Um, I live in South London, so it's possible. Where are you? I mean, I'm over in London. No, 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 we're all in London, aren't we? Yeah, I'm in yeah we are. I'm going Where are you in Peckham? They're going to love it. Clapham. 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 So we're Clapham. doing a United yeah. podcast. Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. The Mancunians and Wickham are going to love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We've got one Arsenal supporter and three other Cockney Reds. They're going to hate you, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So we're all in London and we're doing it over yeah. Skype. <laughs> <laughs> we're over in London, we're doing it over Skype and we're going to put it up on the Manchester website. Great stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, and did anyone catch all the, the sponsors of the original one, the Southern, that got a lot of sticks? So we're in for a good bit of banter here. Oh, oh we're, we're going to get slated. Oh, we're yeah, we're going to put pieces. <laughs> what the hell, what the hell. Hello and welcome to the Over the Bar podcast with me, Mike Up North, Peter Storey, Mockney and Flawless Thor. This is very much an unofficial Red Cafe podcast as we kind of missed a boat there, so hopefully without disclaimer, Nile won't sue us. Okay, so Thor, what did you think of the game it's last night? It was a bit of a disappointment to say the least, really. It was a, it was a really horrible performance in terms of going forward. We seem to lack any kind of penetration I uh, can kind of compare us to the Chelsea performance the night before where they went down the goal early away as well and uh, they just bossed the game from then on and, and it was a convincing 3-1 performance. We just never looked like scoring, after, particularly in the second half. Well, that's the thing. I just don't think we could get any control in the middle of the park. I mean, Giggs was doing his best, but Carrick yeah. was pretty, pretty non-existent, really. I mean, in the first half, Anderson was nominally playing on the wing but it kept drifting inside and didn't really seem to help so just didn't seem to be a structure to our play at all no one really seemed to know where they were meant to be yeah we seemed to kind of have some sort of weird 4-4-2 formation with Anderson kind of tucking in and Park tucking in to kind of preset we just didn't uh, we lacked any width in the first half and then when Valencia came on and Berbatov we seemed to have a bit of penetration which just didn't seem to be enough I think playing 4-4-2 with Park and Anderson as the wingers is uh, always going to be a mistake really because there's no natural width there <laughs> I, I, I mean from from my point of view I don't really understand why you're going back to 4-4-2 at all I mean for two yeah. seasons you played uh, a sort of uh, 4-2-3-1 which was fantastically successful even with different personnel and even with you know what I consider I, I you know I consider Park to be a an okay fill-in player, but in that formation, you're able to accommodate him. If you try and play 4-4-2, you put enormous strain on the wingers and on the midfield, and I think some of the players that you were deploying last night aren't really up to it, you yeah? So that, that, I find that a bit strange. Myself. Well, yeah, I'd say they're not up to it in that formation, because mm. it requires the wingers to beat their man, as in there's not going to be much interchanging of positions between the players so I, I mean I was really surprised uh, Valencia didn't get a game I didn't start at father I mean just we just seemed to black any kind of width and it was just no, pen, no pace going forward 
I was also surprised he left out Berbatov, to be honest, because I thought yeah. in the uh, Community Shield and the first game of the season, all right, he hasn't been the best, but I thought he's starting to look more like the player we hoped he would be. I think mean, he just to give Owen a game, really, isn't he? I mean, yeah. that was the raison d'etre in pre-season. It was trying to sort of get Owen a game, and he wasn't great, Owen, but his, his movement was quite good. Well, yeah, he was looking to get in behind quite well. Um, he had those couple of chances where I think you'd expect him to score them if he'd been playing a bit yeah. more. You would. I, mean, I don't think Ferguson envisaged having as much trouble as we did. I think he thought Owen would have a fairly easy betting in game. So do you think we underestimated them, perhaps? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I it is, it is Burnley, to be fair. I think so. Yeah, exactly. He got into good positions. I mean, the header and the air, I mean, the air shot, two things. He missed the header and he, he did an air shot in the first half. But, I mean, he was in those positions. Sort of, you know, Andy Cole, 95-96 type of thing. At least he's there. Yeah. I wouldn't get too on his back. No, I know. Oh, well, it's just, what is it, second game for us, really? Second proper game? Mm. I thought the first chance he had where it, it took a deflection, didn't it, on the, from the left wing. I thought that was a bit unlucky because it was hard to readjust. But the header, no, I think he should have definitely... One. Yeah, the cross one. I think he should have definitely oh, yeah. done better with the header, though. Yeah, the header, the header he should have put away. I think he would... I mean, he's actually quite good in the air, although he's not very big. Yeah. Yeah. I was quite surprised he missed that one. Um, I also but, you know, th- it's difficult as well because if Carrick had put away the penalty, it would have been... You know, you'd have ended up grinding out another 2-1 win, probably. And everyone, yeah, would, say, yeah. everyone would have said, you know, United starting slowly again. They're so, not wasting their yeah. powder early in the season. Well, on that point, what do we think of Carrick being the, the penalty taker? Was he the choice you'd have gone for? It wasn't yeah. I'd, I'd have gone for it. Yeah, it's my choice as well. <laughs> it was actually a good penalty. I mean, he was just a very good save as well. He's always looked good in, in shootouts and stuff. And Rooney's messed up a couple of penalties. I've never really seen Owen take one. I, I think Carrick was a fairly decent choice. I know Owen missed a few penalties when he was at Liverpool, so Carrick seemed the obvious choice. Him or Anderson. Um, yeah. And I was kind of glad Carrick took it. But Yeah, I would have liked to see Anderson take it, but really, no. When you don't give it to Anderson in a proper game. Yeah, it was more a good save than a bad penalty, definitely. But I think if uh, Nanny was on the pitch, he might have had it. Because his penalty in pre-season, I don't know if you saw it, it was in a postage stamp in the top corner. It's one of the best penalties I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, you're oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, mm-hmm. Well, talk, going back to the width thing, I mean, having Owen and Rooney up front, I mean, it's good to have width and that, but getting balls into the box, they were never going to head them. No, anyway. that's true. Um, but yeah. Clark can't really cross that well and Anderson I mean Anderson probably can cross but they were all just overhit everything really it was a bit odd it just was a bit of, bit of an odd game and I should give credit to Burnley as well I mean they they defended superbly at times and they seemed to always get the second ball which seemed just really infuriate I think infuriate. they seemed hungrier in the middle of the in the middle of the park because yeah. they were yeah, first the, to the tackle other than Giggs well, no, they, so our players were always second to it park, yeah. Yeah. They played with a lot of a lot of commitment. I think they were out on their feet. I thought they were probably going to concede in the last ten minutes or so. So I thought they'd basically run themselves into the ground. Yeah, but they kept going to their credit. Yeah. I thought the keeper had a good game as well. He came out, he was, he was quick yeah. off his line to close down <laughs> Berbatov once and Giggs once. Whatever he was called. <laughs> yeah. The beast. The beast. He was great. Yeah. I thought they were booing their own keeper for the first half. Of it it was love, wasn't it? It's been like a <laughs> chart. Yeah. But what do you think of our defence as well? Because it's looked uh, a little bit shaky, than it? No. Yeah, but we're missing Rio and Vidic, really, aren't we? Yeah. So. I don't think you can take yeah. those two out. And well, I thought it was strange that Brown was in the centre. I mean, I would have probably put O'Shea in the centre, because I thought he looked really good against Birmingham there, and put Brown at right-back, maybe. I thought Brown was there for his experience, mainly. Uh, he's got ahead of O'Shea, so... 
But do you think this is just a uh, typical Man United early season problems, which we always seem to get, or is this something more endemic this season? Well, I think it, it really replays what you did in the middle of last season from about January onwards, where you had about 10 games against usually quite low opposition, which you managed to win about 1-0. I mean, you, you did grind out the wins, but it was never very convincing. I think yeah, that, was another, that was another one in that line of, uh, of performances, except, you know, this time you missed the penalty and didn't actually grind out the win. Someone sent me a PM uh, recently about, in your next 10 things, can you include the fact that we're the new Inter Milan and that <laughs> 17 of our last 20-something games have been 1-0 and we're boring? You're the um, new Arsenal. Uh, no, yeah, look, that was, that was what you yeah. with, with the new old Arsenal. That was from Pete, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably was, with your duplicate account. Um, which I'm not going to include, obviously, but I mean, there's a fair point. We were quite, I mean, in the middle of last season, people were going, oh, we're boring. Um, you know, it's a bit of post Ronaldo hangover, um, and we always start the season a little badly. But nah, I don't want to get too much into doom mongering because no, I'll just I mean, we don't want to be too reactionary. I mean, it's one defeat, so. Yeah. But I still, I mean, I still think you know, four four two is not the way to go anymore. I mean, certainly not in Europe. I don't think you'd play that in Europe. No, I don't. Think I find it very either. strange to work yeah, out. I played in Europe for a long time. Though. Yeah, but what, why are you going back to in the league? I mean, well, no, I, I think, think it's I to mean, accommodate the two strikers because he wants to get Rooney more central. I think. And yeah. where are you going to put Rooney otherwise? Well, if you play, I mean, Rooney played either in the you know he played in the second line of the three a lot last season or sometimes up top. I mean, didn't. No, he, he moved around basically. That was one of the problems of Man U that with you know Tevez and uh, Ronaldo and Rooney, they were rotating all over the place, and you know you didn't know whether they were going to be coming through the middle or down the wing. Yeah, I think you can do that with. Uh, well, definitely can't do that with Berbatov inside. So I mean, that's why uh, uh, mm. a straightforward four-four-two with Rooney playing off Berbatov. It seems at the moment. It depends on how we fit Rooney in with Berbatov. I mean, I think it could work, but yeah. to me, our best midfielder technically is still Paul Scholes and he can't play in a two-man midfield so I don't think that's ever going to work with him in there I mean you need to play someone like Fletcher to just give the give you the legs in there yeah if you're you're playing 4-4-2 your midfield I mean the 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 4-2-3-1 worked very well with Carrick and Scholes particularly because they played very deep and that enabled Scholes to play in that you know deeper two but I think in a in a 4-4-2 I don't think he's got the legs to do it anymore no, Scholes can't run. No. I mean, he's, he's, I mean Birmingham, yeah. he just can't run. No. Yeah. He, Birmingham, he plays nice passes, but you know, he just stands in, on the centre of the circle and plays yeah. about. Yeah. So, against energetic it's it's a bit sort of redundant playing Scholes. Unless we're sort of three up. I mean, the 4 3 3 was built sort of around accommodating Ronaldo into being more attacking. Mm. So, I think the 4 4 2 is now, as you said, you know, put it around Rooney because he's our best player now. The only joy at being is Berbatov and Rooney playing, you know, who's actually up front, because they're both going to just mill around. Well, I think right. the way Berbatov plays, he's sort of got to be like a, a focal point, a pivot, which the other players move around, and he's the kind of player that needs Michael Owen and needs Valencia to be making the runs around him. Well, I don't know. I mean, mm. Berbatov, Berbatov, to me, when he played for Spurs, played more like a conventional centre-forward. I mean, OK, he did drop deep from time to time, but he, he also played up the top. And you know, for you, so who was he with? Was he with well, whether whether it was Key Defoe and Key, or it was Defoe, or whoever was playing, you know, in behind. And I don't really understand why he wants to play so deep for you, or he's being asked to play so deep. He did play more as a conventional forward against Birmingham, it seemed. So, right. and Ferguson's come out and said uh, he will be playing more as a centre forward this season. I don't know. Perhaps we'll we'll see a bit of a change later on 
as we as the European fixtures start to come out and perhaps we'll go to more of a four three three with Bruni out wide left. There's well, how much how much do you think we'll see the um, Owen Berbatov? Because that was obviously happening in pre season, and that seems to work well because they go together. But Pro- in the league, problem is Bruni more or less has to play, has to play. It seems. Yeah, you can't you can't leave out really. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. So well, then the you go, go back to yeah four three three or four two three one and play Rooney off the left, which I don't think is a real problem for him. Uh, if you want to accommodate Owen as well, it may be have to be the way we go for the team. I mean, I don't think Rooney's going to perform to his best on the left, but if the if it helps the team to win, then you've got to make the sacrifices. <laughs> Defense. I still I still think an intelligent yeah. defender, a right back, will be able to stop Wayne Rooney from performing on the left, which yeah. is what uh, Carlos Puyol showed in the in the final, where he just basically nullified Rooney, just stop him from going inside, and he cut you cut out the thread. So maybe we're just overanalyzing it. Just it was a bad day. Go with four four two again and see what happens. If it doesn't work again, then <laughs> to change well, it. I don't think you're a whole lot better against Birmingham, to be honest. Because I think no. I thought Burnley were actually not too bad. Yeah, and I think Birmingham were dire, really. And you should have you should have annihilated them. I thought they were a very poor side. Yeah, I hadn't seen them for quite a long time. And I, I thought they were as bad as that Derby side from a couple of years back. I think that's a good point in the sense that. Guess who they had at centre-half yeah, Frank Kudrew at centre-half yeah. He's a left-back and yeah. and Not should, much of a left-back either Yeah, exactly We should. Have I mean, you know, people like Larson You know, he's, he's a whole-hearted player But he's not He's not a premiership player You know, he's a, he's a championship player And several of the others as well yeah, I mean, Cameron, Jerome and so on I mean, they're, they're really not I don't think they're They're basically very underweight For a Premier League side, I think yeah. And they, they beat Portsmouth yesterday with a, a ridiculous penalty and you know they really shouldn't have done that so I think they'll struggle and so I thought that perfor- that performance was probably worse than the Burnley one I thought from what I saw anyway wow it's <laughs> <laughs> so not yeah, a good that, start I mean, then it, it, it's exaggerated because uh, you know I think Burnley, oh. Burnley Burnley weren't too bad we'll get relegated this year then Pete well, I, I had, I had. Uh, we'll get relegated. I think Birmingham will go down. From what I saw there, I thought that was very poor, and I hadn't really seen them before. I think I put Stoke to go down because I don't like them. <laughs> and um, <laughs> who else is going to go down? Portsmouth are probably going to go down. I, mean, I think there are quite a few. Harry's going to buy there, so they probably are going to go down. If they don't get themselves sorted out financially, Portsmouth probably go down. If they do get money, they'll probably stay up. Um, Hull, I think, will that will get equalised and they'll they'll go down. I think Birmingham and Burnley will probably go down as well. Yeah. So I'd say Hull, Birmingham, Burnley. Don't know what you guys. I think, think. Portsmouth are going to go. Portsmouth will go if they, if they don't sort out the finances. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Chelsea um, have had a decent start, two wins, conceding the first goal both times, but storming back into the game. Really, uh, how do we think they're getting on, and how are they going to get on? Looks to me a little bit like we've had this for the last three years now. The bookies want to make Chelsea favourites, and they start off with by getting some good results. But I'm never con- very convinced by their performances. Um, I'd watched the whole game, and they weren't very good in that. I don't know how what they did. In Sunderland. I think that was quite a good result at Sunderland. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know why. I think that because they've you know got still got these big names, but I, I don't think they're as good as they were three or four years ago I mean you could argue you don't need to be that good to win the league this year but I don't I don't think they've quite got enough well really. I think what's going for them is they've got a consistent squad now over the last few years they haven't really lost any key players and they haven't really added to it I mean they've brought in uh, Zhirkov uh, the headline writer's dream Zhirkov yeah. isn't it the left back yeah left, yeah, you can play left wing as well 
Well, they bought someone called Jerkoff. Yeah, seriously. 18 million. Jerkoff. Jerkoff. Arse shaving and Jerkoff. Well, I thought um, Chelsea's main problem over the last few years is they've often been a bit too rigid, so they might be uh, sort of hoping a good a good jerk off will stop them being too stiff. <laughs> <laughs> but I think also Drogba actually is going to be a big plus for them this year because he's I know it's early season but he looks a lot more motivated and well, he is their best player he's a phenomenal player when he's on song and I think he's the best centre forward in the league when he, when he wants to be and he was excellent against Hull uh, even though he missed a couple of very good chances um, I, I mean I still you know I think they still want to pack their midfield full of players I think what they want to do is you know I, I don't think Balak's really doing it I think they should just get Essien and Lampard and probably play a four-four-two. Yeah, because they they've got with Essien and Lampard they could probably do that, but they don't. Seem to what and then play what Maluda on the left? And well, I think they'd have to do something about their wings. I mean, Jerkoff I think is a is a natural could play as a natural winger and probably play Joe Cole on the other side. Yeah, yeah. I think Joe Cole's a fantastic player. And Joe Cole's a very good player. You've got him to come back. I don't know when he's back. A couple of months or something is it? Does, I mean, Ancelotti seems to be favoured at Diamond for the National they're playing right now with. Obi McCall uh, as a defensive midfielder and Lampard at the tip. And he seems to kind of do well playing as an attacking midfielder. <laughs> it looks it looked very. Against Hull, it looked very laboured. I mean, against you, it looked very laboured as well. It looked like Lampard wasn't very comfortable playing where he was playing. Yeah. The front two didn't get enough service. Essien was kind of wasted outright. And I don't think Mikel's very good. And there he is sitting in front of the defence, you know, taking up a slot that you could use more. More creatively, you think? Yeah. I'm glad we didn't get Mikel. I've never worried him personally. No, he's he's not been very good. I mean, you know, some of our midfielders have had some stick, but I think he's uh, he's he plays a very limited role and does it very poorly. Well, he's he's been made to look average because he's playing against, alongside good players, so they're sort of carrying him in a way. Well, he's there to do a job really, just to yeah. basically make sure Lampard, Essien, and Balak look good. That's uh, he's, he's the direct McAuley replacement, and he's just. He's no Ma- yeah, he's no Makaleli, is he? Yeah. Has, has Fat Frank ever won um, Player of the Year? He hasn't, has he? No, I don't think he has. I mean, it, it, you can see he's a good bet. I think he's a good bet this year. He, he would be. He kind of uh, deserves it now. I, mean, I must admit, he's one of the players I underestimated. When, when Chelsea first signed him, they paid £11 million for him, and I thought, yeah. mm, that's a bit much, yeah. But the thing is, I think he's improved year on year, and he's, he's not got a weakness to his game. I mean, you can say at the end of the day he's not a, he's not flashy or brilliant in the way that Gerrard is, but he's just much more effective all round as a midfielder, in my view. Yeah. He's reliable as well, isn't he? He's very yeah, consistent. Gets Twenty goals. A never gets never gets injured. Always gets in a good performance. You know, it's. And uh, what about Liverpool? I think the thing with Liverpool is that losing I think they're losing Alonso is is a bit of a blow for them. I think they needed what they needed to do is push on and probably add a creative player like. David Silva that seemed to be their major problem last year and I think that losing Alonso has set them back and they haven't managed to add that extra that extra bit of sizzle up front uh, there are some reports today they're trying to get Van der Vaart I mean that's the kind of player I think they need a bit of creativity because they can be you can have a lot of the ball but not a great idea what to do with it or how to you know try and pick a packed defence um, I think the other thing is that they had a very good chance last year. I think they kind of uh, they didn't realise until later in the season that they had such a good chance to win the league. And for example, they were uh, they were one all with us, and we were down to ten men. They had half an hour to go and win that game, and they made no attempt to do it because they thought a point is a good point. Whereas if they'd really been after the league, they'd have 
you know, really tried to get the three points there. Do you think that's the manager's uh, tendencies coming through? I think that was Benitez. Benitez, Benitez, Benitez had a game plan to get a point, and you know, when we got a man sent off, he thought, oh, I'm bound to get points, instead of thinking, hey, I could get three now. And I think that cost them at the end of the season. Towards the end of the season, they ditched that when they realised we could actually win this if we push it a bit harder. Unless they get someone like uh, Van der Vaart or an attacking midfielder in, they, they, they're going to pull Gerrard back into midfield. And they, that will probably stop what is, what is probably the best partnership in the league with Gerrard playing off Torres. And it's, there are still some doubts about whether Gerrard is really effective playing in central midfield. Yeah, well, I think their plan is, I guess, to bring Aquilani in to be more or less a direct replacement for Alonso. I know he plays a bit higher up the field, so they can probably keep Gerrard up with Torres. Yeah, but he's still four weeks away, I think, from coming back, coming into the side for the first time. And no pre-season, new team. That's going to be a bit much to ask him to sell in straight away. So I think they'll, they'll be relying on Lucas a bit heavily than they'd like to. Well, I think uh, midfield two of Lucas and Mascherano is very limited, and that might <laughs> cause some problems. Yeah, I, yeah. I think Lucas isn't quite. I mean, I think Mascherano is a very good player, but you need to play someone who's got a bit more, uh, a bit more passing ability next to him. If you play Lucas, who's a bit vanilla, then you're not really, you haven't really got enough there. I don't think. Yeah. Especially yeah, with their lack of quality on the flanks. I mean, Cout and Barbel or Benayoun. I mean, I think Benayoun's are okay, but Cout's decent at what he does, but he's not going to be the creative spark either. No, I mean, he put in a very good shift, I thought, last season. was very effective and scored some good goals. But he's, he's not the player who's really going to, uh, you know, to open up a defence when you've, you know, you've got one of those games where there's 20 minutes to go and you need to, to get the points. You need someone with some ideas, and that's what, that seemed to me what was missing last year, really. I mean, I think they looked very poor against Tottenham. They were very poor. I think I, I hate to say it, but I think Tottenham are actually quite good as well. I think that, that has to be borne in mind. Um, but yeah, I didn't think that they, they were terrible. I mean, even Torres. Torres looked washed out in that game. He, just, he didn't look uh, at the races at all. That was rather strange, I thought. Gerard and Torres didn't seem to get a ball in the first half at all. So that's why I do reckon Gerard will get um, taken back into midfield. What do you reckon about Glenn Johnson? I, I, um, I, I, don't, I don't rate him as a defender, but he's, he's had a fantastic start so far. Well, I think it had the Cantona factor to Liverpool. <laughs> Real Cantona? Oh, yeah, he's the missing piece. <laughs> yeah, right back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I still think he can't defend, and I think so that, okay, well, whatever pyrotechnics you get out of him at the top end of the field, he's going to kill you. In, you know, when you're playing a more competitive game, he's going to screw up and cost you some some vital goals that's, yeah that's the Holland match showed that he's you know, yeah. I mean not, not that Rio covered himself in glory in that match but no but he, he's, he yeah. does, he's done that in every England game he gets caught on the ball he's positionally weak he's he, players can run past him you know without even trying yeah. it happened against Kazakhstan so I don't know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he's, I reckon Cowgirl will be playing at right back come November and I still stand by it despite and, well, not unless he keeps headbutting his own players, he won't. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be the only defender left, so he's going to have well, to play. That's a point, actually. taking them out. Well, I think Carragher realises he's on a massive decline and needs to cement his place in the team, so he's just got to keep injuring his own players. Yeah, it's a good tactic. Well, with Hoopier gone, they're actually a bit short of centre-halves now, because they've got Skirtle out, Agar out, and now, um, well, Carragher nutting himself. Well, I was reading today that they're looking to sign some... They've got a Greek defender, Kyriakos, I think. They bought him, have they? Yeah, yeah they've... Not all Greek defenders called Kyriakos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we had one called Tavlaridis. If he's anything like him, then uh, they're in trouble. I'll tell you. Mind you, they were playing Ayala the other day. They brought him on as, as their centre-back. And he played against Arsenal in the uh, youth 
Cup, FA Youth Cup last year, and our sort of youth team gave him the runaround. So I, I just. Your youth team give everyone that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, you know. Just but not, not guys who are supposed to play the Premier League, I tell you. Come yeah. On, Okay, well, we may as well get on to Arsenal then. Have you brought up their fantastic <laughs> youth team? Well, I, uh, I, I mean, we, we have made a fantastic start. I mean, I think the, the score was slightly flattering, but the fundamentals are good. Before that, we were passing the ball very well. Um, a couple of the issues that we've had over the last year or so uh, were on the face of it solved in that Vermeulen was fantastic at uh, centre-back. He goes out and attacks the ball. And that means that uh, you know Gallus can sit off a bit, and that made the whole defence a whole lot looking looked a whole lot more solid. Also, we moved to four three three, which means that Song can play in the centre of uh, midfield, and he doesn't need to run around so much. And that meant that uh, Fabregas and Danielson could sit on either side of him, and that formation worked very well. So you know, a great start. I think we are a little bit ahead of the other teams because of the. Champions League qualification we needed to get up to speed a bit quicker so I'd say we're in terms of fitness and ready for the fight we're a bit ahead of everybody else so that's another reason for us doing quite so well but I also think they wanted to I think Wenger wanted to put down a bit of a marker because we've been written off so much I think he wanted to go to Everton and, and really and put down a marker nil. well yeah and 6 one on a Put on a performance and say, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I had a load of Arsenal defenders in my fantasy team, so I was gutted when Saha scored in the last minute. <laughs> so, three yeah, I've, I've always thought we'll challenge for the title, and I think that you know that underlines that that we'll be there or thereabouts so all the way through the season. There's a lot of people doubting Arsenal before the start of the season, and and they've been proven wrong. And I think that three, mid, three man midfield is probably crucial to that. Everyone was thinking they needed someone to replace Flamini and. And Fabregas wasn't going to play well with, alongside Nilsson. And by by putting in Song, and just, they've got that emphasis on defence in the field, which just allows Fabregas and Nilsson to play. But I think you're right. But I think if Fabregas gets injured, then that's going to leave a big hole in their midfield. That doesn't. I, mean, I think well, I think we're still very reliant on Fabregas and also on Gallas. I think if either of those get injured for significant amounts of time, I think that's that's still a weakness for us. You can say the same, Rudy yeah. for us and if you lose, if you lose, if you lose, yeah. never know with us. You just never know at the beginning of the season how what they're going to be like. It's bizarre. You know they'll play nice football, but you don't quite know whether they'll win or not. Uh, yeah, I think there's also the point that I mean the team they are all that little bit older. I mean they're they're sort of 22, 23 now rather than being you know 20, 21, which they were a couple of seasons ago. And I think that's that all helps too. So do you think Dan Nelson's going to do a, a sudden Ronaldo step up in quality? No, I don't. I, I don't think. I think Danielson De coming along, but he's he's still only 21. I think he's got another couple of years to go. I think you know he's not. He won't be. He'll be a squad player this season, and I think he's going to you know be Nazri or Riziki playing in that position. If Riziki manages to get himself fit, of course. Won't Adebayor be a big miss? Well, no. Eduardo, Eduardo looks good. I, I'd rather Eduardo in my team than Adebayor anyway. I think well, he's one of the few people in the world who actually rates Adebayor quite highly. And I think he is uh, on his form. Along with Adebayor's dad and himself. Yeah, that, yeah that, those, those three. We're yeah. Wiggs, the three man club at the moment. Uh, and Mark Hughes, I'll, apparently. <laughs> Mark Hughes, yeah. Or, or Gary Cook. Probably Gary Cook, yeah. So yeah, it's virus now. Um, global franchise entity, if ever I've seen one. <laughs> Gary, I, I, I honestly think he'd have been a fantastic signing for United. He'd play. He'd been amazing, Rooney up front. But, but I don't. I don't think Bentner 
is uh, a quality replacement yet, and he's still quite young. Well, presumably Walcott's going to play on the right instead of Bentner long-term, I would have thought, is that? Possibly. I I mean, I think, you know, Bentner can play across that three. I mean, basically with the three, I I think that uh, if we're going to play with a lone striker, losing Adebayo would have been a big blow, because I don't think there's anyone to really replace him. If you're playing 4-3-3, I think uh, Adebayo's not so useful, because he hasn't... He hasn't got the movement and the technique of the other players, the Van Persies and the Arshavins and the Eduardos. So I think we've kind of covered for his loss by changing formation again. So I don't think it is a big loss. Although I think he is a very good player. But on the other hand, he didn't perform last season for us. He, you know, his head was elsewhere. So what can you do? Yeah? So I, I reckon you will prove quite a few people wrong this, this year with City, but... But you, you might not fit into that system and Marcel going right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, you know, Wenger was possibly looking to change. He didn't want to be reliant on the big guy up front. He wanted to change as well the two, uh, the two man midfield. And with all those changes, it, and also the way Adibayo wasn't committed, then it made sense to get rid of him, really. Okay, so, um, what do we think the top four is going to be at the end of the season then? Put your next on the line. Who's it going to be? It's going to be the top four. What order? It's going to. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I was in the... They had a forecast thread, and I, I forecast Arsenal to win the league from Manchester United, then Liverpool, and Chelsea fourth. will say that the last... I, I've been predicted Man U for the last two years, so I've got... This will be my hat-trick of successful predictions, <laughs> if I get it right. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'm usually wrong in this kind of stuff, but I reckon it'll be uh, Chelsea winning the league. I think they've got, I think they've got the best squad, and... Drogba seems to be looking keen and followed by United, Arsenal and Liverpool. I go with that exact same order. That's exactly oh, no, the order I, I, would, I would as well, yeah. I'd ditto. I'd, I'd just quote that right at this. So we're three pessimistic United fans then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least I'm drunk. That's my excuse. <laughs> you should be more optimistic, optimistic then. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it a bit strange this year? It feels like all four of the teams have kind of weakened, all four main teams. I don't think Chelsea are weaker. I think... But Having a coach from the start of the season, which will hopefully be there throughout, is going to help them. Well, yeah, I suppose a new manager, you never know what you're going to get. And, and they have started off a bit iffy, even though they are winning matches. I think they're playing well, though. I think they've just been a little bit unlucky to concede first. But they've, I, I mean, they've played the same kind of teams we've played, and they're a year older. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think they will win the league because they're the strongest in terms of experience. But they are weaker in the sense that they're older, and they haven't really got anyone... Exciting. I think they need to spend more money. They need to do another. Uh, Abramovich needs to put his hand in his pocket and spend another load of money, and he doesn't seem to want to do that. And I think that that team still needs a refresh to actually win the league. I think they haven't the, got the, enough. It's a bad way to go about it, though. And then you get into the Real Madrid cycle of not not giving you a chance and just we're going to buy the best players, see how they do, and then that fails. We'll just buy the best players again, and, and there's never really an answer to the problem. No, it's like, do you solve crime or do you solve the causes of crime? It's that kind of cycle of... Yeah, true. They, they just go round and round. But it looks like Abramovich doesn't want to spend that money, so I don't know where they go from here, because that team, you know, is going to get older and older. They well, they bought, the, uh, they bought in a young striker from Man City, actually. Uh, Daniel yeah, Sturridge, yeah. He's yeah. a very good player, actually. I thought he looked really good when he was there. I mean, I can't believe City, with the money they're throwing around, and they say they didn't want to give him that wage, but when you're giving Adebayor 160 grand a week, I mean, come on. Mm. Well, I, I think Star- I thought Sturridge. Whenever I've seen Sturridge, he's impressed me as a very, well, a very promising player. But I guess you would balk up. I think he wanted sixty thousand a week or something. So you know, I think they maybe thought that was a bit outrageous. So what did Chelsea? Did Chelsea give him that? 
I presume Chelsea must have done, yeah. Chelsea, yeah, of course stuff. they were. They'd, you know, easy. Okay, gave him that and a prawn sandwich and, and a, you know, <laughs> and a house in, in the King's Road. You probably realise he'd get, he's got more chance of getting games at Chelsea than he does at City <laughs> with the amount of strikers they've got. Apart from uh, Drogba and uh, Anelka, who else have Chelsea really got up front? Mm. But that's where City are going wrong, though. You know, Joe Hart, great young keeper, Sturridge, but I mean, and they produced Wright Phillips as well. I mean, if, you've, if you're going to be a billionaire, you know, you don't buy Kaká straight away. You you try and I mean, I, they kept Ireland, which is good. But I just you know, I just I laugh off City because they're going about it all wrong in my head. It's difficult to balance kids and it, and instant success, which they're after. I mean, they want to finish top oh, four. Oh, you know, you don't win anything with kids. Yeah, I mean, I suppose using charge. I'm guessing. I suppose it'd be interesting to contrast Arsenal with Man City this season. Oh, and Chelsea because they're sort of opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of their long-term mm. strategy. Um, so before the end of the transfer window, we've got what two weeks left. Do you reckon there's going to be any major signings or last-minute additions? Not to United, I don't think. Um, uh, I can't see it for United either. Um, it all seems to have gone quite quiet on a transfer front. Mm, I think that there are there aren't yeah. really the players to buy. I mean, I think Arsenal might pick up a couple of uh, squad players. I mean, Chamac was mentioned. I don't know if he's he's still on the radar. If if they decide to sell him for seven million, we might pick him up. Uh, he's a kind of direct Adibayo yeah. replacement. And there's also Matuidi, who's been on the radar for ages. He's a 22 year old midfield player. Um, he's a defensive midfielder player, but he's quite a good passer of the ball as well mm. uh, we might pick up those but I don't I don't think that they're absolutely vital and they may not happen yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if uh, United did pick up Douglas Costa or someone like that some young player in the end mm. someone we've been following for a long time and just happens to become available perhaps but everything I hear about Douglas Costa seems to be quite bad I mean if, if his phone fans don't rate him then it seems a bit strange and the only people who seem to rate him haven't actually seen him play so well, they've seen him play for a minute. So it's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. It's the YouTube. Yeah. They've yeah. seen YouTube videos with um, "Remember the Name" as the soundtrack, and it looks great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. you bought Ribery if you could have got him for you know for a reasonable price, which I'd say is about thirty million, not the fifty or sixty million they were talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think we went up to thirty million-ish for Benzema, and then. We were never going to get him anyway once Madrid came in because he's always going to want to go there. Yeah, so. I don't think he wanted to really play for you. I, th- I think that was, you know, uh, Ferguson said we were priced out in the end. Saving face, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's ever coming. Yeah. Well, in a weird way, he fucked up the market by, by you know, the 80 million. He gave, you know, Beckenbauer and buying license to go, oh, well, we're not going to sell Uber unless he's 90 million, which is ridiculous, but we sort of priced ourselves out of the market. But do you think we were actually priced out or do you think the Glazers are restricting the budget somewhat? No, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't spend £60 million on Ribery. I just think that... I mean, I think he's a very good player, but he's not... He's not well, not necessarily out. on Ribery, but the whole yeah. Owen on a free and there's only a couple of additions despite losing two goal scorers last season. Do you think it's... I mean, Ferguson's saying he can't get value so he's not going to spend, but is that just him saying that do you think or I don't think so I think no, it, I've got, we got Berbatov last year I think it's just very difficult to find players you know Wenger keeps saying I'm not going to buy anybody unless they're better than what we've got and they're not and I think that's the problem Ferguson's got as well yeah there just aren't the players out there I mean it's easy to say you know you need you needed a centre forward possibly a, a guy like Benzema but if you don't get Benzema who do you get you know Darren Bent I think the only other one that's seriously been mentioned is Aguero, and I never think I don't think that was ever wrong. That was never going to happen. And he's going to cost about fifty million. Yeah. So that's the. But I think yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, you know, there, there are only a handful of players that you can possibly get. 
and yeah. then they've got to want to, to come and their clubs have got to want to sell them and you've got to be willing to pay through the night. Well, I was disappointed that we didn't go in for Etu because I think he would have exactly. worked brilliantly with Rooney. I don't think he was ever coming to England, frankly. I just well, he was just going wherever Barcelona could get rid of him from, I think. I don't know. I think, I think he's, his, the whole feeling I get from him is he wouldn't go away from a Latin country. I can't see Etu, you know, at his age, sort of camping out in Manchester, really. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's just uh, if we paid him enough, he'd camp out in Manchester. I mean, I think uh, Inter got a great deal there. I mean, forty-five yeah. million and Etu for Ibrahimovic is uh, that's the best business of the summer. Forget Ronaldo. I think they must have the best. I mean, they, they're probably going to get uh, Snyder as well. It seems if, if, if Snyder goes anywhere, you'll probably be Inter Milan. So they might be doing the best transfer business this summer. And who, who knows, it might actually be a threat next season. Well, they'll come out of the transfer window in profit and with a better team, which is yeah. pretty much as good as it gets. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. I think Milan have done brilliantly. I'm not a big Ibrahimovic fan, I'm afraid. I mean, I know I, I hear all the rave reports, but every time I've seen him, he's been pretty disappointing, whether on the telly or live. Yeah. Well, I so. think Barcelona, a lot's made of their control in the midfield with Xabi and Iniesta, and rightly so, but... I think Etu is very underrated in terms of he's always pressing the defence to win them back possession, and Ibrahimovic just isn't going to do that for you. Etu's movement and his goal scoring, I think, are very important in that 4-3-3. I think he was a vital player for Barca, so it'd be interesting to see how they cope with that. But also, when they didn't have the ball, I think he was a vital player in terms Mm. of he was always harrying defenders, and I just can't see Ibrahimovic fitting into that system. Uh, yeah, I think it's exactly like the, the sort of Berbatov arguments we all had last year about how we slow the team down. It'll be the same kind of situation at, at Barca. Yeah, I think we actually had a token man. <laughs> Struggled to find him on the forum. You can find one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was at the. I was at if we got a foreign person, then we could seem like we were the English supporters, and we'd, we'd be legit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But get top on someone, someone that's, you know, that's, that's not English, then we'd seem great. Okay, let's put together a wish list of people we want to get on, and then we'll keep it in the show, and then we'll force them. Well, I think obviously we would right, be Pletch and Brown. Yeah. Brown would be good, yeah. Pletch, obviously. Uh, Noodle would be good. Spoonie. Good. Get him on. Spoonie. He's a proper mank as well, isn't he? Yeah, he is, yeah. Um, Ralphie yeah. will give it some He's stick if he got on He's also very shy about posting pics and that. Um, Weast would be good. I think there were some, but you know, there were some poses that are very, you know, protective of their online identity, or their yeah, online, online persona. persona. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Pogue. Uh, I mean, did you? You said like you tried to get Pogue Fetch and that. I mean, they. Pogue to never responded. What a fucking cunt! <laughs> yeah. I think Pogue would probably. I mean, it's, it's just. I think that should be the intro. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the intro. Mate. You should just have the first bit is Pogue. What a fucking cunt. <laughs> and then uh, you can you can slice in all the other names you've mentioned of the people who wouldn't do it. <laughs> what, just slag them off one by yeah, one. Pletch exactly. can, can, can. <laughs> well, I asked Pletch and he said, "Oh, I'm too busy." Well, how is he too busy? He's got yeah. fifty thousand posts and keeps deleting his old posts <laughs> to stay at a thousand, yeah, which right. is even more sad. <laughs> Mm. We're definitely keeping that in. <laughs> that is weird, isn't it? That every post he makes, he deletes the post. Yeah, so he spends half his time reading his old bollocks that he wrote about Liam Miller <laughs> ten years ago. Plus the incisive punditry of Alan Hansen. Bought it, bought it, bought it, bought it, bought it. Um, strength and depth, back of the net, right? Men behind the ball. Um, 
defend the communication organization. Well, as a surprise, I'm going for Liverpool. With three points, confidence. Um, I would have to agree with that. Um, collectively, tight, compact, strength and determination. With committed, box to box, um, strength, determination, pace. Um, Sorry, that three points. Um, great first touch, great head, brilliant first touch, quite decisive, strong, good save. Um, great head, good first touch, great head, read the danger, great head, time to perfection, time to perfection. Welcome to the Premiership. So, we're going to talk about the use of technology in football. Um, it's come to the fore recently with that game. It was uh, Bristol City versus Crystal Palace, I think, um, where the ball yeah. went in and, it, and it even hit the net, I think, and the Bristol City players were all devastated and they just couldn't see the goal and the Crystal Palace, their players and fans were all cheering. Everyone in the ground realised it was a goal, everyone except for the ref, and uh, he basically given a goal kick, I think. And uh, so it, it basically just emphasises how much, how, how goal line technology should be in place. It's been I think we all hate Neil Warnock, but I was really on his side for that. I didn't feel yeah. bad. Well, I've always been in favour of goal line technology, but if it's going to stop annoying Neil Warnock, then forget <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think the goal line one they could do that pretty simply. Just put something inside the ball, and that's it done. Uh, I'm not really in favour of the whole video thing because I just don't think it. It's I think it spoils the game, and I think you need to move more towards the idea that uh, the ref is in control. And what the ref says is the truth. You know, you don't need to go to the video. The ref, se- uh, the ref tells you the truth. And that's but how about when the referee has to go to his linesman to consult? Well, that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can talk to his linesman, the officials in general, and the referee yeah. makes the, the final decision. You know, Cause I agree, because I agree. You need to give it. You know, you need to do it for some things, not for others. You know, for example, offside. You can't. You know, you've got to play on for an offside. You know, if something yeah. might be offside. And it, it might not be. If everyone stops, then it's a bit of a weird situation. But goal lines and sending it off and stuff. Stuff for the game's already stopped. You sort of have to do it. I think the goal line technology is a bit more different. And I know in terms of sending off, because it, it's still, you can have differing opinions on sending off. But when it comes Your to goal line. will be better formulated if you've seen it. That's, yeah. Um, yes, but then you stop I mean, the game's the already stopped then. So, you know. I mean, I think one suggestion was for the the referee to have access to video so he could just go to the side quickly like ha- what happens in American football and just quickly have a look they, they do that in rugby but it, it, there seems to be an awful long gap and I still don't think they get it right I mean there was that Lions thing there was a try where the guy's foot was it on the line was it over the line and uh, you know after about five minutes no one was really the wiser yeah so I think it would have been better to, for the ref just to say it was a try or it wasn't a try and leave it there because you don't think at the end of the day some of these 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 are very complicated decisions are actually largely interpretive so you're not really you're not really getting anywhere I don't think with the video I don't know I think in rugby they get it right most of the time in the video ref of course you're still going to have the odd one which is so too close to call but if it helps you get it right more often than not then it'd be useful I think yeah exactly I mean if a goal's called by the linesman and play goes on play stops anyway and then, you know, in that situation, you go to the side, or if you go to the side, look at the video, if it is a goal, it's given. If it's not a goal, then there's a drop ball somewhere, or maybe something else. But for when, when plays stop, it's got to be done. I, I can't see why it isn't. Well, I exactly. I mean, the, the argument always is that it disrupts the flow of the game, but you look at that, um, the game in the week with a goal that wasn't a goal, well, it was a goal, but it wasn't given. The play yeah. stopped for two minutes anyway while the ref went over to the linesman. I mean, he may as well just have had a look at a video instead of a linesman. Exactly, and both the 
the, the managers probably had TVs in their dugout anyway. I mean, they're in most Premier League grounds. I mean, when the game is stopped, it's only our sides that are a problem because that's going to keep the game flowing. So that has to be kept to line But otherwise, I really can't see a reason why it isn't. Well, I think that they have kind of uh, done it unofficially anyway because there, there was that game that Howard Webb was refing earlier on where someone handballed it on the line. Do you remember? It was a month or so back. I think it might have been a... Was it a friendly or something? And someone obviously tipped him off because he didn't see it. And the next thing, he's giving a penalty, yeah? Well, that was at the end of last season, wasn't it? Was that the end of last season? I can't remember when that was. It seems like a couple of months ago. Yeah. Wasn't, well, it wasn't there con- conjecture that Zidane's headbutt, the referee had seen it on a... Yeah. On a uh, remember on a, that as well, yeah. Oh, the, there's no, no doubt about that one as well. I don't think the referee saw it and he was tipped off by the fourth official and told to send him off. I think that was pretty clear. Really. See, I don't have a problem with that. They got the right decision in the end. Well, mm. What's the problem? Well, I think they ought to formalise it and say what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, well, yeah, exactly. They should formalise it. But I right. think if the referee wears an earpiece, which he does anyway, have some a fourth official watching the game on TV in the Premiership. Which he does anyway. Exactly, which he does, and then just if there's an obvious dis- wrong that's been done, an obvious one, he can just step in and quickly say to the ref, oh, "You've but got that one wrong." Together, isn't it? Yeah, you know, the referee has an earpiece. The fourth official is watching him one time. Just give him a, yeah, a link. Give him another pair of eyes, yeah. Right. Hello, hello, Steve. He's just kicks him in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rooney would get sent off a lot then, then. Yeah. yeah, to be fair, Rooney would get sent off a lot more. But, yeah. <laughs> well, if they had audio on the pitch, yeah, I think he would, wouldn't he? <laughs> it was an Arsenal game when they did that experiment, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, was, that was unbelievable. That was Adams and Co, yeah. <laughs> they were just going around calling the referee all kinds uh, all the way through the game it was pretty disgraceful actually I thought I was amazed uh, I, I didn't see that what, what was this? Yeah. oh it was a long time it was probably in the late 80s yeah but basically uh, Tony Adams David Rowcast and a few other Arsenal players basically followed this referee around calling him a wanker and saying you know you've got to get this right and you've got to sort it out mate yeah just basically sledging him all the, the way league, through the game yeah, the league had done an experiment where they mic'd up the ref for the sake of the television camera right and it, 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 prob- it probably worked nowadays because all these players have got major sponsors and, and it worked in basketball where the ref or, or whoever was mic'd up and the players immediately stopped swearing because the sponsors were backing out if they had a bad reputation on the, on the court so you won't see I, don't, I think you'd see uh, I'm not sure whether Rooney's quite sharp enough to, no, to remember in the in, in <laughs> yeah, but yeah think about Adidas who's <laughs> got a mic on on it I think mine dictates a lot, of, a lot of footballers, so I wouldn't be surprised if he cut down a lot of swearing. I don't know, because the players still make signs at the ref now, which are easily interpretable on <laughs> camera, and it's, uh, <laughs> I don't see the sponsors backing out. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it, I mean, it worked in basketball in America, so I just wouldn't be surprised if it works here as well. But going goal t- go, if we go back to the top, goal line technology should be a must, because whether or not a ball has crossed the line, it's, it's a fact, and... It's, whether a player's been sent off, it's, it can still be a bit iffy, but whether a ball has crossed the line is back, so we, should, we should use technology for that. Presumably you're only in favour of things which are clear-cut then, so whether the ball's yeah. crossed the line, whether it's gone out for a throw-in, or if it's a corner or something like that. For now, I'll just, I'll just stick with goal line technology, okay. just to see how it goes. I mean, I suppose the lead-on from this is... Um, retrospective punishment I mean we always hear the FA saying they can't retract a yellow card and things like this so what do you think about after a game when there's been a clear wrong punishing someone for an injustice 
Yeah, well, no, I mean, they, 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 they have done that before. I mean, Paul Davis got a nine-match ban after the game for punching uh, Cockrell, you know, years ago. Yeah, so that was that was because it was caught on TV. Yeah, I mean, the referee didn't see it at all. And what was that fella that that knocked out? Um, what's it called? Former Portsmouth player Mendes. Uh, Oh, yeah, uh, Thatcher, the Thatcher yeah. got Yeah, Ben Thatcher, yeah. yeah. But you see things like, I'm not saying, you know, Fletcher in the semi-final, I'm not saying he shouldn't have been sent off, but the reason they gave for why they wouldn't look at it was that they can't retrospectively retract cards other than for mistaken identity. I mean, I think that's a nonsense. That's just a silly rule, isn't it? Yeah, to, to get rid of that. I mean, basically... I mean, all you need is a panel of three independent people ex-referees or ex-professional footballers and sit down once a week every, once every couple of weeks and just or after each round of games I guess it would have to be to take effect before the next one you know right. go over any major incidents like a dubious goals exactly thing. yeah but yeah. Wouldn't, I mean wouldn't the argument necessarily be that it would undermine the ref's authority what what the referee does it's the official truth but if you, if you can change it then, then it technically isn't well interestingly in cricket they've got they're just bringing in a system in a couple of months' time where, um, say, the batsman gets given out by the umpire. He can stand there, question the decision, and say, "I want this to be referred to the to the like fourth official equivalent." So, um, so it's like the sort of uh, Hawkeye thing in tennis, then that you can you can. Yeah, but it's going to be directly at the behest of the players who have to yeah. question the referee. So that's going to be directly in there. In that way, I mean, I think retrospective punishment isn't going to be a problem because I think it'll be better because a player can walk off the pitch after being sent off. Yeah. wrongly knowing well it's going to be retracted I don't have to have a go at the ref he's made a mistake yeah. I'm not going to miss any games I, now I can't see referees I can't see referees being against it because at the end of the day everyone hates referees anyway and if their decisions are final or final then we'll hate them more but if you know it can be retracted then we can at least admit that they're human and no one made a mistake and he goes oh that's okay I did make a mistake then it's alright but they, they've tinkered around with some of those as well. I mean, Halsey sent off John Terry correctly, in my view, last season. I think they, they rescinded that, didn't they? I mean, I know because he's England captain, probably. Oh, but that, that was, was the one where he said it was last man or a dangerous tackle or something, Yeah, but it? I think I, I thought that was a bit dodgy as well. Cause I think someone told him to say that. Because he obviously sent him off for, uh, for the right reasons as a professional foul. And then he came up with some very lame excuse, which looks like he'd been advised to say that. It was really weird. I think this the is the whole... Smelt. I think oh, it's the whole stuff. issue, again, of it not being formalised. I mean, mm. there should be a proper appeals process. I mean, there is, but there should be a proper one where you can actually... They do take a look <laughs> at it. <laughs> it just needs an extra line in the rule saying, you know, the referee's word is final, except, except in extenuating circumstances. And when he gets it wrong, yeah. And so, what's everyone's thoughts on the upcoming fixtures in the Premiership? Well, I'll go. we've got Portsmouth at home, which, you know, it's one of these, it should be a pushover try, but you, you just don't know, do you? I mean, I, I'd be very surprised if we didn't manage to win that. Portsmouth looked very, very poor um, yeah. first home game of the season, so I don't really see a problem there. I think Portsmouth are one of the teams that will struggle this year. They've, they've shipped out a lot of players and brought no one in. So, yeah. as far as I can see, it's an easy win for us. Not yeah, I think that's undisputable, really. I'd be very yeah. surprised if Portsmouth get anything there. And how about the United game? Are we going to do any better? There, there is always a sense that man you have a bit of a blowback when they have a bad result so I, I suspect they'll win this one I don't think it'll be a vintage performance but I think they'll do enough to win it I don't right, think we'll one nil win oh, we, are, we are always a little bit we are always a little bit hesitant against Wigan I mean it's always a bit of a slug with the this is a different Wigan team though 
they this is an, I think Wigan will I don't know yeah. probably struggle this year as well I reckon it'll be a 1-0 United win yeah I think 1-0 what team do you think uh, Ferguson will pick will he stick with the 4-4-2 yeah I think he'll stick with I think Berbatov and Bruni yeah probably Fletcher and Carrick um, do we know if Nanny's fit uh, no word yet. I think he's meant to be but I don't know I thought Park was pretty shocking against Burnley. It was the worst I've ever seen Park play. It was. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Park's a- role will be in question this well, year. Well, then you haven't seen Park play very often. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan, but I thought he was particularly. He couldn't dumb. control the ball. It was just like Dirk Cout times horrible. 20. He never. <laughs> but he, he, but that, that's part of the problem. He can't, he can't control the ball against people that rush him. So against good teams, he's okay. He harries back and he keeps it. Hassles people for the ball. Uh, against the, the you know the good teams, they sort of give him the space because I mean people aren't as desperate as they are the lower teams. But against lower teams, when people run at you when know, Rooney's marked by four people, whenever someone has the ball, someone runs at them. Park gets a little bit worried. He's not he's not like a scold. He's not good in tight situations. I'm going to stick up for him slightly because I'm a, I'm a fan of Park and I think he's done well for us. Um, I think he maybe just had a bad game. Really, I don't really want to. I think his role will be question this year what, I mean we always played it was always a good advantage to have a defensive player on the other flank if Ronaldo's on one side but it's it's a bit his role's a bit more less needed well, now losing Ronaldo means that some of the, the the more interesting things have to be done by other players it's not enough yeah. for them to come in and do a fill-in role they have to step up a bit so you know Park I think fine you know if he was doing tracking work for Ronaldo <laughs> that's great but if Ronaldo's gone he's got to give you a bit more than that to bounce off the, that loss and I don't think he does that really so Valencia and Nani then I, I suppose I completely agree with you Peter now he isn't as consistent as Park or as sort of no. useful most games but he is more likely to score from 30 yards or put in the winning cross or do something yeah and yeah, you, you, you know whether you like the sort of that kind of play or not I mean, I think the only way Nani's no, going to... No, no, Nani didn't, but he still put in the winning... Yeah, he's the still put in. ...for the goal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're saying he's not consistent, and he's definitely so not. 31. But the only way Nani's going to get consistency mm. is if he gets games. Okay, so other games we've got on Sunday, we've got the a London derby, West Ham-Tottenham. You think Tottenham mm-hmm. will con- continue their good run of form? Uh, no, I don't think they'll. I, don't think, I think they'll... They might get a point at West Ham. Mm. That should be a good game, yeah. It'll be interesting. That, that's a bit of a benchmark for Tottenham. <laughs> Let's see if this, uh, this renaissance of theirs is real or not. So I think West Ham are not too bad, and that should be that should be an interesting one. Yeah, I think Zola's got West Ham playing some good football. I mean, they're going to struggle to keep hold of their players because, by the looks of it, they've got absolutely no money. They have the best youth-producing system in sort of English history. So well, they're still doing it. I mean, I've always, you know, I mean, they've, they've got what, they've got another guys coming off the conveyor belt now. They got uh, what's his name, Tompkins and Sears and uh, Collison looks Collison. Collison looks yeah. yeah. good yeah, Sears is on loan. Sears gone on loan. Yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's gone on crystal pass. Yeah, he's the one who scored the goal that was uh, ruled ruled out by the referee. Yeah. There he is, isn't he? Uh, no, but they, they've always produced good players, Sam, and they've always got a good heritage, and so we've got them playing very good football. I mean, in the England so, game the other uh, week, Carlton Cole looked a uh, good <laughs> player, a surprisingly good player, so... It'll be interesting he, to see if he, he comes on. Yeah. yeah, I think that that kind of double act of Zola and Clark works quite well. You got you know Zola with with some ideas and a, you know, wanting to play some expansive football, and you got Clark who's quite a practical, hard nosed bloke. So I think that works quite well for them. I mean, it was shocking that Chelsea replaced uh, Steve Clark with uh, uh, Ray Wilkins. <laughs> I don't think that was a positive step. No. <laughs> <laughs> but Zola might add that you know the thing that Hullet had, which was bringing people there. You know, yeah. 
Tristan, I mean, he's not particularly great in that, but you know, he might, the thing that Hullet had about Chelsea, which was what brought in the whole Abramovich era, was that people wanted to come to work with Hullet, and so Zola could have that kind of effect. So maybe ageing players, but to work with the youth, it could be a good mix. Well, the rumour was he was going to bring Luca Toni, which I would have thought would have been a disaster, because he's... Uh... Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a poor, poor, overrated player. I think he'd struggle in the Premier League. Yeah, but for West Ham. I think he'd struggle. <laughs> I think he'd struggle for West Ham, frankly. I think he'd be a disaster if they brought him to the Premier League, but we'd, I don't think we're going to see anyway. No, I can't see him going around. And how about Chelsea this week? I, I could see Chelsea slipping up against Fulham. It's a local derby. I think it'll um, be tough. I, I think yeah. I think Fulham are a good side now. I think yeah. Hodgson's been a superb manager. He's done. He, he buy Duff. He's bought Duff now. That was another clever little buy for not much money. Yeah, four million, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, I think I I reckon that Chelsea won't win this. I reckon Fulham can get a draw out of this. Yeah, no, I, I think beyond Ferguson last year, I would put Hodgson as manager of the year. He did wonders. Yeah, and Zola yeah, as well. Those playing. three. And I was playing back with him for Rome, and I was taller than him, which I. Would <laughs> Are you vertically cha- challenged or? That's no, I'm not. Just, at all, but I just like be- I like being taller than, than famous people. I just love exciting. That's only because he's got that buffonty hair. If he cut his hair down a bit, you'd be way taller than him. <laughs> well, I think Chelsea will win it quite comfortably. Um, <laughs> I think right. they'll just have too much for them. Yeah, I, I reckon it'll be a draw as well. I think mean, Fulham got a solid side. Good pretty good back line and I think it'll stifle Chelsea just about okay well I'm going to go 3-0 Chelsea we'll see next I've been predicting <laughs> Chelsea quite a lot this today actually so yeah. this is quite bad news <laughs> and then on Monday night we've got Liverpool versus Aston Villa Villa have had a very poor start really I think Liverpool lost um, Villa lost at home to Wigan didn't they which looked like yeah. a bit of a shock but I can't see them getting anything at Anfield I think uh you know, Liverpool managed to blow Stoke away. I think they'll probably do the same to Villa, frankly. Wigan is supposed to be uh, Villa's uh, bogey team. They've only scored like one goal against um, Wigan in like five five matches. <laughs> but but I, I can't really see them doing anything against uh, Liverpool. I just think this is a real, really poor Villa side, and they've got, they're going to miss Barry considerably. And so I expect like a two two nil or a three nil win for Liverpool. Comfortable win. Yeah. yeah, I think Martin O'Neill is one of the most overrated managers purely because he just plays long ball football and for some reason people have latched onto him as future in the manager and uh, he's good but no, I'm, I think they'll probably win that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'd agree. I'd say Villa kind of sum up a lot of what, a lot of overrated players so like Ashley Young who, who who seems to be rated around £30 million pounds, which, is, which is a joke to be honest. But, well, I think that's ridiculous, frankly. Yeah. I think personally think Villa are going to struggle this year and I think the reason is not the loss of Gareth Barry or the overratedness of Young I think it's the loss of Larson at the back because he was yeah. what held that team together really and allowed mm-hmm. them to play you know get he got the ball passed it on to Barry Barry hoofed it up the field and Agbongla and Young run onto it I mean if he's not there who they got in the back now Quayla and I mean, Curtis, Curtis Davis, Davis. A, he's a pretty good defender well, he's quite young still so I think he'll he'll be quite decent but other than him Well, let's not do a goodbye then. Let's yeah, let's um, just wrap it. Just, just fade just, out. Just fade out music. Just okay. Fade yeah, out. That's it. Fade the out. voices get quieter and quieter. <laughs> <laughs> we basically we basically blagged our way through trying to do a podcast without knowing anything about how to do it. <laughs> let's do actually. Let's do one of those um, uh, airplane noises. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. I'll speak to you guys later. Uh, cheers, All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.